are we on friday wow yeah. yeah we've been cruising along a lot of cruising this week okay not only are we on friday we're on we're on strip we're on our final three-digit garfield Shit. John, it's all four digits and more from here on out. <laughs> four digits and more. <laughs> right? I mean, look, we're about, yeah, this, yeah. this hasn't okay, happened very often. We're about to jump up by an order of magnitude. <laughs> and let's, I, I assume our show will become better by an order of magnitude as well. This is only, mm-hmm. this is only our third increase in number of digits. This is only happening twice before. That's exciting. Single the double, double, triple, and now the transition to today. That is exciting. Okay. Hello and welcome in to Being Jim Davis, the podcast that nature forgot to hate. My name is John Gibson and I'm Jim Davis. My name is Christopher Winter and I am Jim Davis. Chris, it's Friday, March 13th, an auspicious date of the year 1981, a four-digit year. And speaking of numbers that are four digits, oh, wait, no, I forgot. No, 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 no. Hey, who knows, who knows, who knows if we'll ever, ever Read a Garfield strip that's four digits long. Who knows Probably never how happened. long we have to It's go never happened before, the... Chris. Yeah, yeah. I'm just sitting here surrounded by three-digit Garfield strips. Yeah, look, I, look. Who even knows if there are any more? Based on my Bayesian priors, John, <laughs> the, the chances of us reaching a four-digit Garfield strip anytime in the next 999 episodes are basically... Less than 1%. I'm really glad that we get paid every time son- one of us mentions Bayesian priors before we even get to describing the strip. I'm, right? I, I, it's, I'm glad we made that business decision. Yeah. I'm not sure how it works, but anyway, okay. Uh, 999th ever Garfield strip. What a happens rare, in this one, Chris? A rare palindrome. Um, <laughs> that's that's ac- actually true. I'm always thrown, I'm always taken aback when it's actually true. <laughs> I mean, it's a rare kind of palindrome. Okay, look. In today's Garfield... Mm-hmm. No, what do you call it when you turn it upside down and it's still uh, readable? Uh, it's an ambigram. But I mean, different? This is, yeah, this is a kind of ambigram. So is an, amb- not, yeah, is an ambigram necessarily one that is the same when you turn it upside down? Or is it I, like an ambigram is just anything that someone has done that with? Well, John, we'd have to think back to our... Nine hundred and six nine. What what episode was it? Nine hundred and eighty sixth episode. <laughs> really, think back. How did we describe it then? How did we describe it then? How did we describe it then? Victor Hugo described Ricard Wagner as a man of talent coupled with imbecility. That sounds like um, uh, sound and fury signifying nothing. Yeah, it's basically. Basically the same same words, yeah. just with different Wait. words in them. Okay. Wait, the rhythm. Come on. Okay. You You Jim Davis is my name. You're listening to Being Jim Davis. Probably not the worst life decision you've made, but also not the best. My name is Christopher Winter, and I am Jim Davis. 
My name is John Gibson, and I'm Jim Davis. John, today is Saturday, February the 28th, 1981. Today we are reading the ultimate day of February, I think. It's the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate day of February. Ultimate day of the most august month. (laughs) The most august day of the most august month. On planet Earth. Yep. Today we are reading... Maybe that's Garfield's voice. That might be Garfield's voice. Today we are reading... Uh, Garfield. No, go on. Let's (laughs) keep it up. Garfield's not it. Okay, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I used to do a Garfield voice like that sometimes. Like uh, um, Commanding Garfield. I, Garfield, command you. Oh, yeah. Bow down before me, Garfield. Okay. Um, to, that was you. You were adding a lot of uh, extemporaneous remarks. Yeah, as I recall. Yeah, yeah. That was not stuff he said, but you could tell from the body language. Anyway, John, today we're re- look. I feel like this has gone on too long already, but I have to note that today maybe time, to, maybe time to close the episode. Today we're reading the nine hundred and eighty sixth ever Garfield, and John nine hundred eighty sixth really is a rare palindrome is that even a palindrome it's a spin number you spin it around and it's the same is that a rotational palindrome it depends on how you render the eight oh i'm gonna i'm gonna render the fuck out of that eight john are you gonna render it so that but the top and the bottom are the same proportion i mean are like equivalent oh you know i am john you know i am it seems non-standard i mean usually the bottom is is bigger wow we have already talked about what this is this is an ambigram (laughs) <laughs> I clicked on this page and it's like, oh yeah, we've we've done twenty minutes on this already. <laughs> we've done a tight a tight twenty. <laughs> yes. It's, All right. Um, Hundred eighty okay. degree rotational symmetry. Ah, oh, damn. Okay. Well, I guess we're gonna have to move on then. Yeah. Yeah. No, we can't talk about ambigrams again. Look, listener. What? If you want to hear us do a tight twenty on ambigrams, <laughs> gonna have to. <laughs> Join our Patreon to hear our extended... I don't think we did 20 on it. I don't think we did being being Patrons are itching for a tight 20 on ambigrams. Oh, you know... I Honestly, I feel like they would prefer maybe a 30 or 40 on ambigrams. Is that what we're doing later tonight? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I think this one's a spinonym is also what it's called. Mm. Previously called rotoglyphs Mm. or rotoglyphs. Oh, like... Oh, okay. That's fun. Yeah. Let's you know talk what, about that. John, do you think... Late, later John, on. John. Late, later on. No, okay, I agree with you. But, John, do you think maybe the last time we talked about ambigrams was episode 689? I don't know. Probably. I feel like that is very possible. That could have been 888. I feel like 888 we wouldn't have, um, wouldn't have got as excited about. I mean, I'm sure we were very excited about it, but you know what I mean. Speaking of excited, Chris... Uh-huh. Are you excited to tell me what happens in today's oh, Garfield? Right. Uh, I feel like you're supposed to, but whatever. John, in today's Garfield, as, I'm supposed to. Well, no, I hosted. The, I'm hosting. I feel like I was hosting, but anyway. Were you? As John Arbuckle irrigates his living room, his cat <laughs> engages in introspection. Were, did you really point. host this? I yeah, don't know. I like it. Really? I, I couldn't get through 986 where I got car- got uh, distracted by thinking about rotational ambigrams. Huh. Go figure. Yeah. Then you're gonna it's gonna happen. 
But it's, you know, it's like uh, the more you podcast about Garfield, like the more you like discover that you don't know a whole lot about Garfield or your podcast, you know, it's the Dunning-Kruger effect. It is definitely the Dunning-Kruger. Something about the fact that I clicked on the page for Ambigram and then realized we had talked about Ambigrams already on the show. (laughs) It's like, God damn, we are getting into the like, we've been doing this a while now. 986 times. 986 times. I bet it was 689 the last time we talked about rotational I'm sure friends. we could go back to the tape. Yeah, we'd I, have to check. Hey, hey, I wonder what that was like. That was like. That was like. You're listening to Being Jim Davis. Fight on! Fight on, dear old Muncie. Fight on! Hoist the golden blue. You'll be tattered, torn, and hurting once the month is done with you. My name is John Gibson, and I'm Jim Davis. My name is Christopher Winter, and I'm Jim Davis. Chris, it's Wednesday, May 7th of the year 1980. I tell you what's going on today. You and I are looking at a Garfield strip. I know this is kind of throwing you for a loop. Just throwing you in the deep end here. Let's see if you sink or swim. Okay. We're looking at we're looking at we're looking at the 689th Garfield strip, and I want you to tell me what transpires today in Garfield. But 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 don't but don't <laughs> Go on. <laughs> just, just give me a, just give me a, give me a. Just give you, just Not give you a taste. Thing. Just yeah. give you a taste. Just give me. I, I tell you what. Tell you what. Tell you what. Tell you what. Give me a. Synopsis. Do you want me to keep you hungry for more, John? No. <laughs> no <I don't. laughs> would you? Would you like me to make you horny for more? <laughs> oh, okay. John, in, in today's highly erotic Garfield, <laughs> um, <laughs> Nermal the kitten is revealed to be cynical. Or maybe we already knew he was cynical. Honestly, I don't remember. Anyway, he's cynical. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, that's it. Yeah, right. yeah, that's right. it. No, that's it. Actually, you know, I actually... Yeah. Wait, you thought it would be longer? It was already longer than all the dialogue in the strip. <laughs> yeah, but come on. I mean, you know, I, I, I know how this works. Okay. Chris, I, Chris, I'm genre savvy. I guess. Okay. Oh. Panel one. Panel one. Um, Nermal and John Arbuckle are arranged in Contra Stan Calpo, mm-hmm. right? With Nermal taking the Garfield uh, the Garfield role. Nerf- Nermal's like jumping up and down on the counter, looking super cute. Super cute. And John Arbuckle is, look, I know this is stereotyped to say this, but John Arbuckle is giggling like a teenaged Japanese girl. He's saying he he he, covering his mouth with his eyes closed. Hmm. 
And he also has in front of him on the counter... A racist caricature. You know, like, it is and it isn't. Because, I mean, there's a lot of... You know, there's a grain of truth. I just... I lived in Yokohama for several years... And like, there's a, there's just, it's just objectively true that that was how teenaged Japanese girls laughed in the late 20th century. Well, I don't think that predominantly, I mean, obviously, we, we're all, you know, yeah, we have no way of confirming that because the past is a foreign country. I mean, so we're gonna have to take your word on it. Okay, I'm just gonna let that slide. <laughs> Um, in front of John Arbuckle on the countertop, you've got a green plate with a, I mean, what is later revealed to be an enormous steak on it. It's not clear to me in panel one that that thing is a steak. I mean, I think it's fine. What else would it be? Just a red disc of some sort. I mean, I'm not, I guess I'm not totally convinced it's a steak. Like the whole conglomeration of steak plus plus plate could be like a straw hat, like a music man style uh, boater straw hat. I, I think it's pretty clear from established continuity in the gar first that this is a plate with something on it. I I'll agree with you. I'll, I'll go, I'll go there with you. I don't, yeah, I, I don't think we've seen. It doesn't matter. A tremendous much. number of stakes. So yeah, it's a little, it's a little, um, you know, I guess I, it's it's, it's definitely revealed to be a stake later on. So it's possible that we're wasting our and our <laughs> listeners time by speculating as to whether or not it looks like a stake in panel one. Well, I guess we'll find out as we move over to panel, panel two, two, the second panel of the day's strip. And uh, and find John uh, picking up these um what turns out to be a steak and I'd holding it in front of normal <laughs> yeah. with his hand. I, I'm not sure if, okay, this might be the, this might be the panel of the week. Honestly, it's pretty good. Um, he's holding the steak with his left yeah. hand. This is not, this is thrusting I, it. Listeners. I want to stipulate that this is not my panel of the week, though. It is a strong contender. He's thrusting this piece of dead cow in, his his cat uh, his who okay what is the deal with normal uh, i mean I, i'm sorry to go on a uh-huh. tangent here but like we still haven't figured out where he did he come from john's parents? yeah john it's it's revealed in the initial normal strip which i don't have oh, that the, yeah already. i don't okay. have the date in front of me i'm calling it up now obviously um no, let's let's not. I mean, let's stay on track here. Oh yeah, let's definitely stay on That's track. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. It's, but it's revealed um, in the initial normal strip that um, he belongs to John Arbuckle's parents, and I think the first time he's introduced, it's like you know, look who's staying with us while mom and dad are out of town or something. You know, they're mm. traveling, and so normal is. And then for whatever reason, normal just periodically stays at John Arbuckle's <laughs> house for a week. Well, I mean, Muncie is not far from Indianapolis. I mean... Maybe they go... Maybe they're, like, on vacation. Okay. I will grant you that Muncie and Indianapolis are Indianapolis are not too far away from each other, seeing as they're both located in Indiana. I'm not really sure what the relevance there is. <laughs> like, who lives in Indianapolis? Like, well... Okay. 
like it would be more absurd if they if if when we saw them they were like you know flying in from some other city because mm. it's city. hard to travel with a cat like on an airplane I mean, it's just hard to travel in general. Like, you wouldn't you wouldn't fly with your cat to drop it off somewhere while you went to a third Oh, location. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. But it's not yeah. like John lives in Muncie and his parents live in Indianapolis or something. I don't think we've ever really... Boy, I feel like I'm beating a dead no, horse here. No, it's, it's exactly the opposite. John lives in Indianapolis. His parents live I in Muncie. I don't feel like we've... Okay, his parents live on a farm. They don't live in a city at all. They live... They live outside of Muncie. Um... I don't think we have established anything you're saying. Um, based on okay, based on based on the Garfield Christmas uh. special, which is out not yet in continuity. Um, it looked as if John Arbuckle lived in Indianapolis, like just based on uh-huh. a few shots in the car. And I forget the name of the county that John's mother uh-huh. and or grandmother said she was right. the. Pride right. champion of or some shit, chili champion or whatever. Um, <laughs> I think she said she was like the chili champion of Green County or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I honestly don't remember if it was Green County or not. Um, but huh. like that's not none of that is even in continuity <laughs> yet. You know. Ha <laughs> ha. So I mean I don't. It's really hard to. It's hard to know. Uh, all right. Um, I I don't think we read John's dialogue bubble, so I'll That's, read it. Let's Here do normal. That. Have yeah. a steak. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, there, there you go. <laughs> uh, normal, <laughs> normal seems pleased mm-hmm. at this turn of events. Yeah, I mean, because he's getting a steak. Yeah, cats love steak. Yeah. I mean, don't you? Uh, I mean, I personally don't love steak, but I'm not, I'm also not a cat. So there, you know, yeah. Yeah. John Green County, Indiana is about 85 miles Southwest of Indianapolis (laughs) or about 140 miles Southwest of Muncie. Okay. So they're all very close. Yeah. Grandma refers to herself as the Green Mm -hmm. County gravy champion. I'm going to refer listeners back to our 2016 Christmas special where we go into some detail (laughs) about the 17 U.S. states with a green county and and speculate wildly. Like, it's not even clear that they currently reside in green county. It's just that she was the gravy champion of green county at some point in the past. Um, Yeah. Panel three, the camera turns to the left to reveal Garfield. God, I'm looking at my notes from that Christmas episode. I was really, like, I was looking at shots. I took screenshots from that episode, and I was like, well, okay. The city looks like Indianapolis. It appears to be in the background. Based on the position of the sun, they are driving south. I went way too far. Spec- okay, sorry. Go on. We yeah, we used to go all out with this. You really, podcast. Now it really, really it really in. does look like John Arbuckle lives in Indianapolis, but I want to believe he lives in Muncie. I mean, your heart resides. My in heart Muncie. will always be in Mun- be in Muncie. Yeah, his his heart resides in Muncie. <laughs> he left his pants in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the third panel, Garfield is sitting at the counter behind Normal. Mm-hmm. 
while Nermal is chewing on something, his mouth is clearly clearly full of some sort of it food. It might be the steak. We, it might be the steak. We don't see a bite taken out of it. I mean, it's con- pause yeah, or obscure Context part of it. clues. I feel it still feels lazy on Jim Davis. I'm not part. disputing that. No one is disputing that. Garfield thinks you really trade on cute, don't you? Question mark. Nermal responds in thought. I manage. Yeah, yeah. and he, he's looking yeah. kind of smug and cynical. I would say. Mm-hmm. I would say. Nermal's a real asshole. You know, I'll say it. He's an asshole. I mean, he's he's just like a... He's an iteration of Garfield. Oh, okay, feel... elaborate on that. Well, he's just... He's just like a certain type of Garfield, you know, like he's he's this particular valence uh-huh. of like Garfield, like the cute Garfield, yeah. you know, like Garfield. Definitely. This, this is definitely a facet of Garfield's. So we have like all the self-absorption, all the egoism, uh-huh. all the all the carnal hunger yeah. and narcissism, yeah. all the carnality. Uh-huh. That's what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's in a smaller, cuter package. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. All right. I mean, that makes it kind of interesting that Garfield and Nermal seem to uh, have such contempt for one another. Because mm. it's really a species of self-contempt in that sense, isn't it? I mean, that's what this whole enterprise is. Yeah, right? is there any other kind of contempt? <laughs> Uh, well, who can say? Fair. I can. No, no, there is not. Anyway, Mm -hmm. you've been listening to Being Jim Davis. I certainly wasn't expecting all this hoopla. (laughs) You can support the program by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. Please visit our blog at beingjimdavis.com. It's not really a blog. It's just the RSS feed for the show. You can also follow us on Twitter, being Jim Davis. Follow me on Twitter at Inscrutable Taco. And I'm at the Chris Winter. Thank you and good night. Good night. Wherever you are. Yeah, no, I know. I know. <laughs> oh, do you need a harp sound effect? What do you, do you think we one? say? No, I'll get a harp sound effect. What do you think? What do we say when it when it comes? Oh back? boy, man, wasn't that a great episode? <laughs> I'm glad we can't listened believe back we to were that. so young. <laughs> oh, you man. have gained weight. What was that like? Was that was that like eight months know. ago? Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, not that long. Anywho, okay. John and Garfield are watching TV. That's true in all three panels. Panel one. They're watching a TV. Yeah, we've got a wide shot. Because they're not watching TV. They're watching a movie. Okay. Okay, I'm not going to fight with you about that. I like to be specific. Do you, though? Watching TV sounds like they're watching... They're not watching Darkwing Duck. What do you like to to be specific about? You didn't tell me. You just left it real general. They're watching a movie. Um... They're we sitting... don't know anything Shut about the, the movie. Shut the fuck up. They're sitting... <laughs> <laughs> I like getting angry sometimes when you interrupt. 
It's like all we do is interrupt each other. Just occasionally I'll get real angry about it. Sometimes um, you have to interrupt. I mean, like, you know, if the discussion's going off the rails. You know. It's true. It's true. I what you I did, don't want to have to cut in later to correct you. You had to prevent me from telling what was happening in panel one of today's strip. Chris, I had to save you from yourself. Mm, fair. Okay. So they're okay. sitting in John Arbuckle's depression chair. Garfield's yeah. sort of, he's got his arm on the, on the armrest there, looking up at mm-hmm. John. John's got his arm around Garfield's shoulder. The chair is doing its job. Kind of romantic. John's doing very its sad. Job. It's hard to know. John is crying two humorously oversized tears. And he's pointing at his right eyeball for some reason. Like, hey, look at these tears. Yeah, he And he's is. saying, have you ever seen such a sad movie in all your life? Garfield. Panel, Panel one, one, name drop. Um, it's a little too excited there. I what apologize. movie are they watching? We have no way of knowing. Um, is it the sludge monster meets vermin man? <laughs> Possibly. Well, okay. It's possible it, that's the only movie that exists in the Garfield suggest, universe. I'm going to suggest that is not possible because John, uh, John Arbuckle would know the answer to that question. Well, I, th- I thought they, you were going to say it's 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 not possible because they've also watched the Ethel Barrymore Film Festival. They've they've watched the Sludge Monster meets Vermin Man at least once. It's that possible that oh they've watched it way more than once. Yeah. Uh, it's possible that Ethel Barrymore starred in The Sludge Monster Meets Vermin Man, or at least appeared. Or perhaps Lionel Barrymore. Mm-hmm. Any of the Barrymore clan. Panels two and three, we zoom in on Garfield, and we kind of, we see John Arbuckle's body and his head is covered by Garfield's thought bubbles. It's we revealed that the they're TV watching Inside Out. It's possible. I don't know. What's a sad movie? I mean... I don't know. I don't know. What what movie makes you sad? We're going to talk about this now? Fine. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll, all movies uh, are sad. I agree I'll, with you. <laughs> I I'll, All movies are art, and art makes me sad. Yeah. You know? All movies are art. Possibly the because, most... Because there's so much beauty in the world, Chris. Yeah. I would say... Yeah, and art imitates life. Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly the saddest movie of all time... I guess Deuce Bigelow European Gigolo is going to be up there <laughs> because of how it imitates life. Because of, because of the downer ending. Right? <laughs> Spoilers. I have um, not seen the movie. No, nor have I. Uh, you know, and then there's the works of Ingmar Bergman. So, you know, they're both, yeah, equally, both good. equally both sad. Good. Yeah, equally both, good. Both good. They were both doing their best. <laughs> they were both, they, you know, they had a lot of fun out there and they did their best. Both, they, they, both, they, both, they both left it all out on the field, yeah. you know? Renowned Swedish director Ingmar Bergman and whoever made Deuce Bigelow European Bigelow. Or, yeah. Yeah. Where are we? What are we? Are we Garfield? Also, okay. Yasujiro Ozu. Yasser Arafat. Come on. Ozu was at least a director. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You never see Tokyo Story? You know, I haven't seen Rashomon. I really want to see Rashomon. Have you never seen Rashomon? I've never seen Rashomon. Well, that's Whatever. what it's called. It's called Rashomon. You've never it's seen called... Rashomon? Okay, first of all, it's called A Matter of Perspective. It's not called A Matter of Perspective. <laughs> it's called Rashomon. 
Not called a okay. You want to know? Uh, it's called a matter of perspective. Season three, episode fourteen. Air date February twelfth, nineteen ninety. Okay, I don't know what you're talking about, and also in which a widow accuses William Riker of seducing her and killing her husband, and respected scientist in the crew constructs a holodeck simulation to show the events from the perspective of all the all the prisoners. Well, it's look, John, fine. that's how you it's experienced fine. that episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. I, <laughs> my memory of that episode is very different. <laughs> um, nice. Nicely done. You should definitely see Rashomon. You should also I told read the, you that I want to. You should also read the short story that it's based on by mm-hmm. Ryunosuke Akutagawa, uh-huh. famous right Japanese uh, uh-huh. novelist. Uh-huh. Also wrote Hell Screen. John, uh-huh. which holodeck episode was that? Ryunosuke Akutagawa. No, here's a fun story. Here's a fun okay. fact. Ryunosuke Akutagawa wrote a short story called Rashomon. Do you know what the name of the story that the movie Rashomon is based on was? No. It's not Rashomon. Rashomon was a different story. Well, I mean, there's a little bit of Rashomon in there. It's called, I think it's called In a Grove. It was based on Yojimbo, right? was based on, yes, he wrote the story In a Grove. It was based on the movie Yojimbo, which was a remake of The Magnificent Seven. (laughs) Nice. Thank nice. you. Okay. That is, that we... is wrong in so many different ways. That was great. In panels two and three, we pan in, zoom in on Garfield. It could be a smash cut. It's hard to know what kind of cut it is. Smash cut might be a, a other kind of cut. Slash cut. Um, ultra cut. I feel like it's weird John hasn't interrupted me yet. Sorry, you're saying there's a cut between panel one and panel two? There's the interruption. I, I was... I was, I was. Feels more like a slow zoom to me. I mean, I was basically just trying to get you to correct me. Like a Stanley Kubrick zoom. Yeah. It's an ultra cut. Um, yeah. Anyway. It's not a cut. There's no cut. We, we don't know. Yeah, it's probably okay. a zoom. If probably there were a, a cut, if there were uh-huh. a cut. Yeah. It's a jump cut. Mm, it could be a jump cut. Um,. I like, def- I like it being... It's the definition I, of a jump cut. I like it being one of those fast zooms, actually. If, it, if it's a cut. I like it, you know, when the, when the camera zooms in suddenly on the one character? I'm I disagree. I, I prefer it as a very, very slow, It's called a jump zoom. Stanley Kubrick zoom. It's called a, a jump zoom. Um, so Garfield in panel zoom, two... Zoom, 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 Garfield is thinking... Rhythm play your ace. Okay. Garfield is thinking, maybe I'm too hardened... Maybe I'm too cynical. Ellipsis. Panel he, three, he's thinking. Oh, but we do find out what movie it is. I didn't know. I, I hadn't read that. I hadn't read through to the end yet. Well, is this the name of it? I don't. Yeah. I, 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 I okay, go on. No, go on. Go on. Go on. I honestly don't get this one. And this okay. is what I was referencing earlier when we were talking about the word yuck. When you were oh, like, oh, it's a non-committed spelling. I thought, I thought you were referring to this one. No, Okay, number. I didn't say it in that voice either, but I thought you were referring to this one. Uh, I don't know why you're doing that voice now. Now you're okay. Just that go. was that was. I, that what does I Garfield quote, say in panel three? John? I wasn't quoting you. What I said think? I thought. Whatever, it's fine. Here's what you sound like. Okay, and here's, I'd and like here's to how, hear that. I'd like to hear here's, that. Here's how Garfield sounds. Uh huh. 
But I wasn't that moved by the separate <laughs> Sorry. Okay, let three. me let me do it for real. Okay. Garfield thinks. But I wasn't that moved by Flipper gets the ick. Okay. You're familiar with Flipper, John. Flipper is a famous dolphin from, I don't know, the 1960s. There's a dolphin movie star named Flipper. He's Flipper is like Lassie, but Flipper is a dolphin. You with me so far? Yeah. Uh, okay. Flipper... Flipper is surly. No, no, he's just just a, a friendly dolphin that, I don't know, there's some people and they live... I, I never watched Flipper. I think it was a TV show. Maybe there were also some movies. Did Flipper play baseball? Probably. Probably Flipper... Uh, was he like did, an underdog baseball no, player? No, John, I told you what Flipper was. Flipper was a dolphin. No, I know he was a dolphin, but did he play baseball? Why question. would a dolphin play baseball? Come on, Chris. Think about in the rules. think about what you're think about what you're asking. There's John. nothing in the rules that says a dolphin can't play baseball. <laughs> I mean, is that true? <laughs> is it that true? true? Like, like what what are the rules of baseball? Look, I mean, every sports rule book really, really needs a section that says... <laughs> it's like, just like no animals. <laughs> Humans only. Every, everything that we haven't explicitly said you're allowed <laughs> to do is not, a, is not allowed. It's, like, it's like, just a whole section of the rule book that's specific one by one. All right. No donkeys. <laughs> These are all the no animals gorillas. that are not allowed to play this sport. <laughs> No capuchin monkeys. No star-nosed moles. <laughs> no capybaras. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. Oh god. Uh, oh. Uh, John, I'm 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 currently at, at a website called www.rulesofsport.com. Reading Rules their of baseball sport? section. Rules Singular? of sport. That's what it's called. Okay. Yeah. You know, says here. A game is played out between two teams, each made up of nine players. It doesn't specify that the players cannot be dolphins. Yeah, they don't even have to be sentient, according to those rules. Well, I mean, you haven't heard all the rules. I mean, saying that they're players, like it's made up of X players. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that like... Like if they're playing, then they're playing, then uh -huh. they're players. You're saying if I wanted to feel the team exclusively of empty aluminum cans <laughs> I would lose the game but it wouldn't mm -hmm. explicitly be against the rules I mean did you did somebody did somebody reveal my my strategy to you it's possible that's, that's how I play that, that what game possible. were we talking about what okay John Base, we were talking about baseball. Baseball. Yeah. You've fallen into my trap, John, because when you when you go to field your team of, of uh, tin cans, you know, you believe you've got an ace in the hole. Little do you know, my team is, is made up exclusively of goats. They're going to destroy true. I, your team. The, the degree to which I knew that fact was little. Yeah. And, and John, I'm looking at the rules of baseball right now. There's no rule that says one team cannot eat the other. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, watch out. Um, so in the third panel... Uh, team of Tigers would be great. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so Flipper gets the ick. The ick is like a, a you know, it's like a aquarium disease that fish get. And Garfield oh, is it really? Yes, the ick. 
I didn't know that. I, I, I Googled it. I couldn't find it. I think it's an equi- a fish disease. It, 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 it's so weird. I thought, I, I thought like, is this just some weird bullshit that Jim Davis made up? Uh... No, it's a disease. It's caused by the ciliate protozoan ichthyophytherifus mellifus. God, fuck me. It's too late okay, for me to say in that. In fairness, in fairness, if uh-huh. you Google the phrase the ick, yeah. I get an entire page of n- nothing to do with marine biology. Really? Did, yeah. Did you try Googling ichthyotherius multifilies? Okay, I told you what I Googled already. <laughs> I don't know why you're questioning. Uh, sometimes here's, it's spelled what I-C-H. Googled. That, some, that might help. Oh, is in like ichthyo... Yeah, I guess, yeah. Uh, the first hit for the ick is Urban Dictionary, colon, uh-huh. the ick. Uh, I'll go ahead and click through. This might yeah, be funny. Ick is one of the most common and persistent diseases in fish, John. Oh, God. You, 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 no doubt you're familiar with the, the famous line, ick benign fish disease. Okay, what you're saying is probably funnier than this Urban Dictionary. Hard hit. to know. Honestly, hard to know. It's not hard for me to know. It's not. This is not interesting. Severe infections rapidly lead to loss of condition and death. I mean, that, that could be sad if Flipper died in that movie. I wish Urban Dictionary were more reliable. Mm. I feel like the integrity of the information on this website is, is lacking. It's really sad that you can't just trust random internet websites to always be correct. It's not random, Chris. It's Urban, it's urban dictionary. dictionary. Fair. Yeah. All right. Anyhow. Um, which panel are we on? I think we finished. I think we're done. I think it just remains for me to thank our guest, John. No one. <laughs> so go to hell, everyone. You've been listening to Being Jim Davis, immovable stone in your world of wheat. You can support the program in a great variety of ways. What are they? Who knows? Who cares? Thank you, Dan. You edit in that one, which also includes our 699 episodes. Oh, okay, okay. In toto. You put the entire episode in the flashback. It had a flashback within it, right? Unfortunately, no, but this one can. (laughs) Anywho. Okay. John, in today's Garfield, given its circumstances... What? There's a Garfield? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What happens in it? In today's final ever three-digit Garfield, ultimate three-digit Garfield, given its circumstances, John, the mouse in this one seems pretty chill. Panels one and two, Garfield is holding a mouse in his right hand. The mouse, although it has been captured by a cat, is pretty chill. And Garfield's thinking. What's yep. he thinking? Maybe John will tell us. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, Garfield's thinking, why do people expect us cats to eat mice? Seems like that's going to be a hypophoric question, but it turns out it's not. It's a rhetorical question. In the second panel, he's thinking, this mouse could be somebody's mother. This mouse could be a deacon in its little mouse church. We are nearly 1,000 <laughs> Garfields in, and we still haven't settled on a Garfield Chris, voice. Chris, 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 I, uh-huh. this, come on. We're, we're like jazz musicians here, okay? The only we, we improvise. Voice, the only character voices that we have set canonically are 
Lyman and Garfield's grandfather. <laughs> Everything else is still up. I've forgotten what Garfield's grandfather sounds like. Garfield's grandfather sounds what like What did he uh, sound like? Sound like. Sound like. Once upon a time they sang the Bodio Dope. But that was long ago. Then everybody started in to boop boop a doop. They got tired of that, you know. How do you like those guys? Everybody puts in extra notes. I'll overlook it. But the tune for you and me is that swingy symphony. Dink, I dink, I dink, I do, I dink, I do. Oh, what a tune for crooning. Ink, a dink 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 a a dink a dink a dink a dink let me hear that choir. Oh, what a tune for crooning. Colossia, ink, a dink a dink a dink a let me hear that band. Stupendous. Now let me hear the trumpets. That's not a trumpet. That's not a trumpet. That's a trumpet. Ink, a dink a dink, a dink 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 you know, boys, last week I sang for the Sultan of Passion, and the Sultan offered me his harem of 500 beautiful wives, but I turned them down. Because when I get up every morning, who wants to find a thousand stockings hanging in the bathroom? Not Durani. That note was given to me by Bing Crosby. And was he glad to get rid of it? <laughs> Simply means he a dink a dink a dink a dink. Uh, oh man, this episode's going to be a lot of work. In Whew. panel three, or you're not going to do any of that. In panel three, Garfield throws the mouse over his shoulder. The mouse extends its arms akimbo. As uh-huh. if it's Jesus on the cross. But yeah. it's not. It's just a mouse flying in into the air. Uh, we didn't mention this, but Garfield totally has a halo in panel two. He really, even in panel one, he kind of does. Panel a little bit, yeah. Three, yeah. It's more but subtle. Panel two, the background panel is, two nice, is like a classic medieval, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. background is a nice, would you call that a lavender? Mm. With a like a yellow, it's like this yellow light that's sort of yeah. descending from above in panel one. No, it's quite down nice to Garfield's head in panel two. 
And then panel three. It's like a deep lavender, yeah. Yeah, deep lavender. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Smoke on the water. Um, (laughs) Oh, I see what you did. Um, Panel three, right? So he's throwing the mouse behind his back over mm -hmm. his shoulder, and he thinks, and one of the fuzzy sucker's bones might get caught in my throat. I really wish he said fuzzy fucker. <laughs> oh, but, profanity you know, is I, amusing. I know the world. Yeah. I, I feel like it's implied. It's fair enough, yeah. Um that's all I've got to, that's all I've got on this one, honestly. It's fine. Fairly it's wrote, unremarkable. I mean except yeah. for Garfield and or the mouse being Jesus. <laughs> otherworldly glow that descends upon Garfield. That yeah. is weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It's a Garfield. You've been listening to Being Jim Davis, the podcast that's always right on time. Cat time, that is. Garfield the cat. <laughs> Support the show by leaving a review on iTunes or visiting the website beingjimdavis.com, which sucks. Thank you and good night. A reversal there. Uh, Twitter, Bean Jim Davis, Bean Jim Davis, blah, blah, blah. Thanks. Podcast over. Podcast end now. podcast was brought to you by the pitch drop podcast network like what you just heard support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash pitch drop and while you're at it check out pitchdrop.net for more of this and other shows <clears throat> okay this is the one that's gonna be really quick because i feel like that one was pretty quick <laughs> <laughs>